Welcome to Ask the Tech Coach, brought to you by the TeacherCast Educational Network. If you are in charge of professional development and looking to build an innovative digital learning experience, this is the podcast for you. Join us each week as we uncover strategies that tech coaches are using to drive their digital transformations one classroom at a time. And now for your host, with over two decades of experience working with tech coaches and ed tech companies from all around the world, Jeff Bradbury. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and making TeacherCast your home for professional development. This is Ask the Tech Coach podcast, episode number 253. I am so happy that you're here. We have not one, not two, but three outstanding guests on today to talk about their instructional technology program, their department, and some of the great things that they're doing this year with audio and video and how it's affecting not only their teachers, their students, but also their community. So stick around, we have a fantastic show. Now, last week, we got a chance to really dive into this topic of building relationships, building relationships with teachers, building relationships with administrators. And today, I'm really interested in that topic of building relationships with other coaches. So we love to hear from you guys. There's, of course, many different ways that you can reach out. You can find us over at feedback at teachercast.net. Or if you haven't had a chance in the last couple of days, check out the brand new website. We relaunched and refreshed teachercast.net uh, during the FETC contest. Lots of great content, brand new design, brand new askthetechcoach.com, brand new podcasts, and we are just getting started. All the great things that we've been putting out over the last few years, I've had an opportunity to shine them up a little bit, tweak them a little bit, and refresh them. So a lot of great content is coming out, and also a lot of great content is being updated. So do me a favor, head on over there, check out that stuff, and of course, make sure that you share and like this with your ELC and other coaching community. My first guest and I met, oh, several years ago, and we have just been keeping in touch as both as instructional coaches and lovers of technology, lovers of podcasting. I want to bring on today my good friend, Mr. John Mitchell. John, how are you today? Welcome to Ask the Tech Coach. Hey, Jeff. I'm excellent. Thank you so much for having me. Great it to see so you again. It is so great to see you. It is so great to have you on. How are you doing, my friend? Yeah, you know, I can't complain. Family's good. Life is good. A lot of exciting stuff going on at school, so... um could be happier. And you are in an instructional coaching position, correct? Absolutely. I'm a technology integrationist in an elementary school. And and how is that going? What has this year been like? I mean, I, it's been a while since we've done a show and we've had to say the C word, but are yes. you are things back to normal? Are, are you doing okay with everything? Are your teachers kind of settling into to where we are with stuff? You know, uh, things are definitely moving back. Um, uh, moving back to normal, you know, each year coming out of the C word, as you as you say there, you know, um, we've got more and more back to a level of normalcy. Uh, one of the positive things that I think that uh, Nick after will probably allude to is that some of the things that happen out of necessity uh, during uh, the pandemic have actually benefited a lot of teachers as far as, um, you know, ensuring that they familiarize themselves with different tools and technology so so as a whole yeah things are things are great we're in a good place right now now speaking about those tools and technologies i noticed that you're sitting in front of a fancy audio and video setup there um mm -hmm. 
tell us a little bit about some of the stuff that you're doing these days with audio and video. Okay. So um, one of the neat things, um, in a way, I'll, as they say, kind of give you your flowers, as they say, for a moment. When we first met back at the FETC conference um, in Miami uh, prior to uh, COVID there, um, uh, Nick and I, um, my technology director, we had recently invested in uh, the original Rodecaster, you know, um, and so we were uh, glad to see uh, you and other folks were using that. And um, so, you know, ever since that conference, we've really been on a tear as far as establishing an identity um, with podcasting in our district. Uh, we currently have uh, six uh, different podcasts that we that we put out that we're very excited about. Uh, afterwards, I'll spend some time talking about our newest project, which is kind of a passion project, but it's, it's going really well. Uh, but uh, we've got all kind of cool technology stuff going. Uh, in addition to our podcast, we have a very active media club program, uh, which you and I have discussed before um, in, our in our elementary building. Um, big focus, um, those kids learn video editing, photography. Um, in project we do, uh, obviously they do some podcasting as well, but we end the, the year every year with a short film festival. Uh, and that's kind of like a highlight in our district. Um, we invite families into the auditorium and show the short films and it's a great time. I am looking forward to diving into all of that stuff. You had mentioned Nick. Uh, why don't we bring him on? Why don't you introduce uh, Nick today? Yeah, Nick. Um, Nick is our uh, director of technology in our in our school district. Um, I've known Nick for many, many years. Um, both Nick and Stephanie, um, our other guests, well, were at FETC with us together when you and I originally met. Um, one of the great things is one of the main reasons I invited the two of them specifically you know, is that it gives us, you know, a good range of uh, knowledge. Uh, Stephanie's been a, a classroom teacher forever. You know, now she's in, uh, she teaches, you know, special areas technology, and she's very, very versed at, you know, how technology um, benefits students in the classroom, new initiatives like podcasting and so forth. And Nick, you know, one of the things I value most about him is he's always supportive of all the different initiatives and wild things that I throw at him, as I, <laughs> as I'm sure that he'll speak to after. So we have a we have a wonderful team, um, and I, I couldn't ask to be at a better place. Nick, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing well, Jeff. Thanks, uh, thanks for having us, and thanks for doing this. Thank you for coming. Thank you for bringing members of your team. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, a little bit about the program that you guys have down there. Yeah, so uh, back in 2005, I was a sixth grade classroom teacher. I served in that role for 12 years. Uh, then I transitioned into an ed tech coach, uh, served in that role in, the, in our district for five years, and most recently transitioned into a director of technology role uh, once that position was created in our district. So uh, really over the past couple of years, I oversee really everything technology-based from the networking side, uh, and the box and wires type stuff and our technicians uh, to the instructional use of technology in the classroom. Uh, I organize our technology committee. I oversee our technology coaches that we have kind of sprinkled uh, through, you know, across campus. We've had to get creative uh, in how we've been able to implement those positions just because we're not a, you know, we're not a huge district. We have a pretty, uh, you know, pretty small or strict budget, you could say. So we've tried to do a lot with very minimal resources uh so it's been uh you know it's been a project for me uh, transitioning from the classroom into this role where i've worked to try to grow our coaches and put people in the right spot to be able to succeed uh and two you know two folks that i like to hang my hat on 
are the two that are on your podcast right now. Uh, and John and Steph, they're, uh, they're very talented individuals. Uh, they're very easy to support uh, because their hearts and their minds are in the right place. Uh, so from the administrative side, uh, I, I do anything I can to support uh, their ide- ideas because it's just flat out good for kids. Well, Nick, thank you so much for coming on and sharing that you had mentioned Stephanie. Why don't you take a moment, Nick, and introduce Stephanie? Yeah, I'd like to do like a drum roll and some background music. But uh, so Stephanie was like our our second, my second biggest recruit. Uh, So John was kind of in his role when I initially became a coach. So we just naturally started working together. As we look to expand our technology program, uh, I thought it was vital that we'd have a classroom teacher that would move into a technology-based role as well, just because the rapport and the experience was there. And I thought it would have been a natural shift for our district. So uh, along came Steph Petro, uh, who was a third grade classroom teacher, one that I valued as a colleague, as a, as a teacher alone, someone that I did look up to uh, for her style and, and how great she is with kids and curriculum and instruction. So uh, we were able to pull her out of the classroom and into a technology support role so she could have a greater impact on a larger population of students, essentially. So uh, without further ado, Steph, why don't you, uh, you know, fill us in, uh, fill in some of those gaps for me. Well, thank you, Nick. Um, yeah, it was the best move I've ever made in my career. It's so much fun, great, great challenges every day. I have a challenge every day um, and I'm able to get to see the third through fifth grade students and really use technology. Um, I'm and teaching them technology in my room, but I also have an opportunity to move into the classroom with teachers. We work together, collaborate together, so that uh, we can use technology to enhance their curriculum and to enhance their lessons. So that's also a great piece to my my job and my role. Well, welcome everybody. I, I, I don't know where to dig in, so let's just kind of start to talk a little bit about where we are here. Nick, as the administrator, Putting together this department, right, Um, is the Department of Coaches all, I'll say the word tech coaches, or are you also in charge of reading coaches, literacy coaches, science, like, what does that coaching department look like in the district? Yeah, so I oversee just the technology-based folks, you know, essentially. So uh, our department includes both our network hire technicians, like our network technicians, uh, and it also includes uh, we have two classroom teachers that are, uh, they serve in a technology coach role. Most of their support comes after the school day. Uh, and then I oversee uh, and work with Steph and John on the elementary side. So our team of coaches are the four folks. I've got one in our middle school, one in our high school, two in our elementary building. Uh, those, that's essentially the group that uh, I work with. And so you said that your group is the tech coaches. Do you also in your district have other subject specialized coaches? No, we don't. We have department chairs, grade level uh, leaders, those types of those types of folks. But we don't have that traditional style of coaches for any of the other uh, pieces of curriculum. Nice. And, and and John, how does your position actually work? Are you building based? Do you travel? Are you in one building? Do you do you answer to the principal? Do you I mean, in addition to Nick, like how, how does your day? How does your how are you structured? <laughs> That's a very interesting question, uh, and I'll try to keep it as, as simple as I can. Uh, technically, I'm the um, K through five uh, tech integrationist in the elementary building. Um, I report directly to our primary 
um, and intermediate principal, but work most closely with Nick due, the, due to the nature of what we do uh, on a daily basis. Um, however, having said that, uh, because of my um, skill set, as you know, as it were, I'm often um, called upon to do many other things throughout the district. Um, I handle all the district level podcasts. I do the majority of the photography and video work mm. um, for the district and stuff as well. You know, so even though I'm based in the elementary building, you know, I'm kind of all around. And, and Steph, what is the typical day like for yourself? Well, I'm a special areas teacher, so I see grades three through five and I get 40 minutes, 40 minute periods with them. I see them once every six days and I teach a curriculum based on the New York State um, computer science and digital fluency standards. So I teach a little bit of um, uh, digital citizenship. I do some uh, robotic work, uh, some coding. Um, various activities with uh, Google Docs and Google Slides, um, Sheets, things like that of that nature. And then I also have time in my schedule where I can integrate with classroom teachers. So I find out what they are teaching in science or social studies or, or ELA, and I will push in for a lesson. And sort of we work together to use the technology with their lesson. So I'm not coming in to teach tech. I'm going in to show them, uh, you know, we talk about a tool that would work really well to enhance whatever they're teaching. So nice. And, so that's and really, Jeff, great. that was built on the concept of not really focusing on technology in isolation, but really as yeah. part of the instruction that's taking place. So it was a natural fit to uh, really with Steph to be able to push into classrooms because when you're just a pullout provider, it's kind of happens in that its own silo, right? And it doesn't actually trickle into the classroom and having her be able to provide skills and work with students separately, but then also push in and work with the teachers and the students just makes it that much stronger of a model. And, and that's so important these days, especially now that we're past that, <laughs> that, that C word stage, right? Like it, it, it. every time I have these conversations with non-coaching type people it's you know oh we're not doing technology we're focusing on the standards and i just have to take a step back sometimes and i go well there's digital learning standards too right like there's there's a whole world that's that's in there steph how do you manage to blend in the the digital learning with the core curriculum but you're working in the class like how do you how do you put a, a box around all of that stuff when you're trying to work with a teacher work with a student yet, you know, in the back of your mind, you know, you got to hit a couple benchmarks. Right. And, and that's the interesting thing about having me push in with the teachers is when we are uh, working on a lesson, for example, if we're working on an ELA lesson, the kids are doing some writing, it gives me an opportunity to maybe use some of the vocabulary from the digital standards. You know, if the kids are doing some editing, I we might use the word, hey, that's just like the bug that we see when we're coding, or um, it's a, it's just a little way to integrate. If, the, if we're working on a social studies activity um, and integrating a, a Bloxels lesson in with European exploration, uh, that's one way to show that we're using some of the computer standards with the social studies, New York state standards. And do you get into the classrooms on a, 
forgive the words here, voluntary basis? Like the teachers come to you and say, come on into my room. Do you have a set schedule where somebody says Monday you're here? And to, like, what does that look like for you? For us, when we started this program, um, and I think the advantage is that I was a former classroom teacher, so I'm very familiar with my colleagues, mm -hmm. um, and I have a great rapport with everyone. So right from the get-go, we scheduled uh, a time in the schedule every six days, uh, actually every 12 days, I would go, I'll go into a classroom. And, and it's uh, based on a, it's during their science, their social studies or an ELA lesson. And so it's, it's scheduled, which is, is nice. They're expecting me to come. They're starting to uh, plan ahead. Let me know ahead of time what, what their curriculum is for that week. And we plan it out uh, that way. I think any coach that's listening to this can take that away from this episode, right? Having that rapport with teachers, coming up with the schedule, making sure that, you know, there is a plan involved. I mean, you don't have to label things as, as, you know, coaching cycles and this is like, just be there for your teachers and give them something that they're going to be inspired by. And John, you're doing some pretty interesting things. And I know all three of you are kind of working on this together, but John, mm -hmm. talk to us a little bit about the podcasting here. That's what really is, is intriguing here. You're, you're doing some pretty right. cool stuff. Yeah. The, um, I'll, I'll briefly touch on if that's okay. You know, the different ones we do that we do, but I'll spend the most time on, on the new project there. Um, as I mentioned, we have pretty much six different podcasts that we do. And, I want to elaborate slightly because there may be other of your listeners, you know, that are interested in doing something similar. Um, and um, we're always, all, any of us are more than willing to advise or lend a hand. And we have a regular monthly district podcast that Nick and I co-host together called, you know, um, what we call it, We Are Peru. Um, but basically it allows us to update our community on everything that's going on. Um, we have a, a spotlight segment where we bring in a teacher. Or this this week, we actually had a student come in who's uh, in a medical um, a career program. Um, we also have a Tech Bytes uh, podcast where Nick and I again co-host, um, where we touch on different technology subjects and stuff, and we'll you know interview different people like folks on Screencastify and things with that. Oh, wow. I have I have my media club podcast called the Squadcast and. And that's great because it gives them an opportunity to create content and come up with stories and stuff themselves. We do a middle school times podcast that's run by our student council um, every month. And that's great. They interview different teachers and talk about relevant things in the middle school. Uh, Stephanie has what we call the Petro cast, um, where she actually uh, highlights different student classroom projects. And that's really neat the way that she does that. Okay. Um, but our newest project is called the Mysteries of Sparrow Crest. Um, and with that, that's actually, um, I, I'm a, I'm a old lifelong uh, radio drama fan, you know, like the old school radio shows, and I've always wanted to do one. Um, so I had this idea and I approached Stephanie and two other fantastic teachers, um, Elizabeth, uh, Elizabeth Gay and Elizabeth Dubé. And the four of us created this fictional world called Sparrowcrest. It's a fictional boarding school. Um, and it's uh, lots of wacky characters and weird adventures and, and so forth go there. So we had um, originally three seasons of this planned out and um, that we kind of laid out. But then we had this 
what I what I hope is a great idea. I feel it's a great idea of merging that with our after school program. Our school district got a what we call a pre after school career exploration uh, program. Um, we got a grant to provide enrichment for students. And so, of the eight episode season, the first four episodes of that season are completely conceived, written, and performed by students in that after school program. On the first episode we released, um, pretty much a month ago, I think, stuff right before Christmas, I think we did, right? Right. Yes. And what's great with this is, uh, and feel free to chime in, but uh, each um, each of our, we call them our PACE sessions, they're six weeks long. Uh, students sign up if they want to participate. Uh, we take up to 16 students and um, they'll, you know, they'll brainstorm the new adventure that's going to happen in our next episode. Then we get to writing it. And then they'll perform it and, and the whole nine there. So they'll come up with the first four episodes, which will feed into the larger story that we've already devised that are going on the back end. And we have three seasons right now planned of that. And what's great with that is that we actually plan on drawing from real historical characters and events in the larger story at hand. And I love it because it helps students focus on those core 21st century skills, collaboration, communication, critical thinking and creativity, you know, so it's a passion project, but I'm very excited about it. And first of all, congratulations, right? Like there's so much stuff that I just want to unpack in there. Mm-hmm. Um, can, can we, can we do the nerd conversation first? Oh, on this one, John? Okay. Because, Always ready for that. <laughs> be, because I I'm, I'm beaming on this one here. So if, if you're listening to this one, I'm, I'm going to go a little deep with this. Um, equipment. Okay. Just, just, let's just, let's just go dry on this one. There How do go. you record these things? All right. Okay. So, um, last year, I think we, as soon as it came out, we purchased the Rodecaster Pro 2, you know, um, the newer one of those. Um, so, um, over the four weeks, over the six weeks, I should say, our last week of the session, we do like a, like a dry rehearsal, you know, where I'll bring our unit, you know, uh, over to, um, cause, my podcasting studio is in the elementary building, uh, but we teach the after-school class over in the high school. So I'll bring some gear over there. Um, students get a chance to, you know, uh, play with the equipment, um, you know, during the, you know, the rehearsal, whatever. So they all get a chance to use and experience that. Then I bring them over in pods to my studio, and we individually record their lines. Now, what's great, if we can nerd out per se here for a moment is with the Rodecaster, I record those multi-tracks. Okay. You know, so I'll have, you know, four students, four mics, and that way as they're all doing their lines, I'm recording my individual tracks, which makes it easy for me to, you know, um, replace audio and whatnot if I, if need be. John, I got to stop um, you there. What microphone? (laughs) We all, we use all these pod mics that I'm on right now. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, the Rode pod mics, you know, we've got, Everything that John is saying, I'm writing down. I'm putting in the show notes. All the links will be right there. So keep going, my friend. And it's great, you know, and it's that we've got we've got we've got our setup that stays in the studio. Then I've got a complete mobile rig that we will across campus and stuff. And what's great about that is it makes it easier for Stephanie when she's doing her classroom podcast. We can just drop everything on a cart with some studio arms, and then usually we'll have. A um, couple of mics on a cart, you know, with some tabletop stands. Then I'll have like a regular uh, music type stand on a on a mic, like with a 25 foot cord with an XLR that students can walk up to and speak and whatnot. And then what I also recently acquired 
there's some like Marantz sound shields, you know what I mean, which can be tabletop mounted, you know, to help isolate the sounds as um, as the different students and whatnot are speaking. And those work great too, and I can send you pictures of those and everything. So, we I would love to make this post as rich as possible. We just released. Uh, um, an updated version of a post that I did called, you know, like our, our favorite educational podcasting microphones. We're, we're going to get nerdy here for a second, but it, it lists all of the equipment that I've ever used and, 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 you know, we'll be using this year with all the microphones and stuff like that. So, so I, I got to ask, cause obviously you've got a background in audio. Did you mm-hmm. have a time to, to train uh, Nick, Stephanie, anybody else on the team? Like what, what was the professional development looking like? And, and, and what was that like when, when you know, if John came to you and said, hey, you're going to be a podcaster, like, what was that internal dialogue like for the team? I had well, on-the-job training. For for me, it was on-the-job training. <laughs> yeah, so ahead, I think when it, when it comes down to the, you know, having access to the hardware, like one of the roadblocks that we knew we were going to have in the setting that we are, you know, as a district, as a rural public school, uh, we knew one of the roadblocks was going to be just access to the technology and having limited resources. So, you know, when John's speaking of a lot of that equipment, that was, you know, items and hardware that was really purchased over the course of four years as mm-hmm. we've, okay. and, you know, so we, we would purchase a few mics here, uh, you know, the roadcaster there, and we, we pieced it together over the course of, of time to really get it to where it is now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's one thing I wanted to make sure everybody understood. Like, we're not a district that has access to a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a very, you know, structured and rigid budget, uh, but we were able to, kind of think long-term, have some vision as to where we wanted to go. Uh, and then we started purchasing small pieces as we, as we grew the overall program. Uh, that's a, yeah. That's a great point. Nick. Yeah. And as for training, I was, yeah. Podcasting was not something I had a background in or, or, you know, or media even background. You no, know, that's not a big strong suit of mine. Uh, but John and I just kind of did, we started doing it and I've really just picked up, you know, through the process. So like Steph said, it's been a lot of on the job training uh, and just learning by experience and being willing to try something that you're not used to doing and step out of your comfort zone a little bit, which is also, you know, a challenge of many. Um, but it really just happened by doing essentially. Well, well, speaking of the doing here, if I count correctly, one, two, three, four, five, six, six different shows. <laughs> um that sounds like a part-time job, John. How, how do you do the, the the editing? The like, what does this look like once you get everything in? That sounds like a well. What's what's neat um, with this main show, the new show, is as I mentioned, it's, it's like a six-week program. But all of our middle and high school students have what we call a tenth period, which is, you know, like from two fifteen to two fifty or whatever there. Um, so then, um, based on like our um, recording schedule, I'll bring them over in pods, you know what I mean, um, and record their actual formal lines and whatnot. And then a lot of times it's either, you know, before or after school or, you know, like probably like tonight after we finish this call or whatever I might be, <laughs> you know, working on something. But it's, it's, it's one of those things to where I can honestly tell you. You know this, and first, before I lose my thought, Nick, Nick was spot on with what he said because yes, we did slowly acquire a lot of things, and I want to make sure that schools know that you don't have to have, you know, um, 
all this high-end equipment to do something. I, I've been a um, small side note. I've been a professional photographer for about 20-odd years. The best wildlife picture I ever took was with the cheapest camera I ever had. And what happens is equipment sometimes just makes it easier to achieve your results, but they're not, it's not necessarily required to be able to do, you know, to still get a quality product out. Um, the, you know, so anyway, you know, so having said that, you know, it's just, it, you know, with this particular project, it's just, you know, I, I'm really happy with the way that, you know, everything is, has really kind of come together there, you know, so. And, one last nerd question for everybody. Where are you hosting everything? As far as the podcast itself, you mean? Or no? Or you have your show, it's all edited, and you want to get it out. I see you're on Spotify. I see you're on your places. Yeah, yeah. Where are yeah, you being pulled from? Where do you, where, where's your host? Uh, well, Spotify for podcasters are our host. It was originally Anchor, but you know that Spotify or whatever. Oh, oh, so you're putting yeah. it directly into Spotify. Directly into Spotify, oh, yeah. And what's, okay. yeah. What's funny is that um, back to, again to where when – uh, one of the things that encouraged me when I originally went to the session that you taught, uh, F -H, you know, FETC, was, you know, you, you broke it down enough to where we felt confident that we could do something like this, you know. And then once I started researching, you know, do I want to, you know, Spotify, Buzzsprout, the different things or whatever, um, as a district who, with limited funds or whatever, it, it initially was the best first option for us. And, it, it, and I haven't regretted it. It's always worked out great, you know. So enough of the um, nerd stuff. We'll, we'll, we're going to move forward a little bit here, okay? So you have these ideas. You have the equipment. You got the podcast. How do you sell this concept to the students? And how do you sell it to the community? I mean, I've seen a lot of school districts that try to get into podcasting. They do the work. They put it together. They say, look, you know, I'm the superintendent. I'm going to do the news. But then you got to get teachers to listen to it. Or you got to get the community to share. Like, how is... How is the marketing of this done so that way you know that all the work you're putting into it, people are actually getting the message? I'm assuming the show that you do with the news, there's other ways that you're distributing that news. It's not like the only way to find out about the budget is this podcast. Like, How do you do the marketing and how do you get people to be excited about all this? I'm, I'm going to let Nick touch on um, the parent square piece of this in a minute that we use. Um, but Nick shuts uh, down the Wi-Fi unless you listen to it. Is that how it works? <laughs> <laughs> well, as far as marketing the Sparrowcrest podcast specifically, I actually cut a trailer, a video trailer, you know what I mean, that I actually um, put on all our digital screens throughout the school district to entice students to participate in the program, showing them different things that they would do and whatnot. And that worked out really well and stuff there. But as far as getting, you know, um, um, podcasts in general and stuff out to the community, maybe Nick can talk about how we get things out to parents yeah. and everything, you know? Yeah. Not a problem. So uh, one thing with the, you know, one thing when we started the district-wide podcast as a way to update our community, it was part of an overall initiative of being able to, you know, communicate at a higher level. Uh, we felt like we had to access different mediums to be able to do that instead of your traditional, you know, Facebook page and so on and so mm -hmm. forth. So uh, when we created that uh, We Are Peru podcast, we targeted, you know, a length of 25 minutes. We call it like the drive time length where it's going to be about 25 to 30 minutes long. It's going to have consistency in how often we push it out so people can expect to see content from it. Uh, so we've worked out a nice schedule there. Uh, we also have regular guests like our superintendents on there, our board, you know, board of education presidents on there. Uh, but the highlight or the, the fact like the 
district spotlight is where we start to pull in new like faculty and students uh, to promote some interest and in, in visibility to it. So we've done a nice job of rotating uh, between elementary folks to high school folks to students to new new faculty members. Uh, so that drums up interest. You know, if someone's on the podcast, more likely they're going to listen to it and have somebody else listen to it. Uh, so we've really tried to grow it from there. Uh, we utilize Parent Square as our communication platform uh, for our our uh, school community. So we have a post that goes out that includes the show notes and the podcast information, uh, the guest information, that type of stuff that goes out once a month. Uh, it also gets pushed to our Facebook page. Uh, and that's how we really kind of get it out to the community uh, to drum up interest. And I'll say that, you know, the views and listens fluctuate throughout the year, depending on what's going on. Uh, but we've noticed that we definitely get a spike during budget season when people want some of that new budget information, right? Like they definitely want that. Uh, and we get a spike when we highlight students. You know, I think people want to hear hear from students and what their perspective is. And anytime we can highlight an experience that a student is going through, uh, I think that drums up some popularity as well. Well, back up for a second there, because you had mentioned the budget presentation and, and, you know, being a former district administrator, this is on the top of my mind, especially this time of year. Yeah. Is this in addition to the YouTube channel? Is this in, in tandem? I mean, does your super or you know does your team do the budget presentation and then you pull the audio from it to drop in? Like, how do you work out all the different media that yeah. a parent is being asked to consume these days? So it's just, it's a snapshot. So basically our board president will speak to it a little bit. Our superintendent will speak to it a little bit just as part of our regular monthly podcast, but we'll actually do a budget podcast with our business official who joins and they talk about the tax cap and the levies and that type of stuff for our, our area. So we have like a special edition. We are Peru podcast that would just bring in our business official with our superintendent. And we have conversation from that perspective. Uh, we still go through the normal budget presentations and budget meetings with the board, like our regular scheduled meetings that are public sessions that folks can attend. But uh, we host a separate special edition podcast to get that information out. Nice. We and, also, I'm sorry, the, the, um, just to piggyback on what Nick is saying is, you know, we do, uh, I'd say a good number of like bonus um, district podcasts throughout the year, you know, in addition to that one we also do a, a special one when it's like prom time about stop dwi and stuff like that where we're right. bringing like our sheriff department and stuff so you know because we're addressing a lot of things that are important to the community the buy has been pretty good when you're putting this together nick i'm assuming that your department is not an island right like assuming again i don't know your district i'm assuming there's a communications world within the district i mean you guys are working together so you guys create it they help on the social side or how is that internally? That falls under my umbrella as okay. well. Uh, so we have, you know, we have, I push out a lot of the content, you know, through the parent square platform uh, and the Facebook platform, but we also have a PR, you know, a PR person that is halftime teacher, halftime PR. Uh, so also he, he handles our majority of the Facebook page stuff to Instagram, Twitter, all those types of accounts for us. He manages, I meet with him on a regular basis about what information we want to push out, you know, from our side of things. Uh, he also meets with building principals uh, every couple of weeks to gather, you know, some topic areas uh, and to focus the content that we're pushing out. Uh, but generally that also falls under my umbrella. Steph, what I'm hearing is 
the high school students have an opportunity to, to do a lot of the legwork on this. Being somebody who's in the classrooms, do you see your role as a, a feeder program? I mean, like when you go in and you work with your math, your social studies, et cetera, are, are you doing any audio and video? So maybe one day those kids get inspired in the middle and high school levels. Where do you see your role fitting in to this process? Uh, for the third through fifth grade, are you asking if I'm using uh, the podcasting and the audio with them? Sure. There are a few uh, lessons that we use. Uh, for example, the, the kids in fifth grade are working on a research project right now, and they're they're doing the writing with their classroom teacher. And the teacher said, OK, we're finishing up our research projects. What can we use with technology to sort of enhance some of the things we're doing, we, they know how to use already uh, Google Slides. What mm -hmm. else have you got? You know, is there something else that we we could use to introduce them to it? So I'm usually the person that's you know will do a little research for them, give them a couple of tools. We think about it together, and what would um, not just be something fancy and showy, but but really give the kids an opportunity to learn either a new a new tool that's going to enhance whatever they're learning. So, you know, we might use some audio. Um, that's part, partially why I started the uh, podcasting, the PetroCast, just to introduce the kids to the whole process of podcasting. So they're not just consuming podcasts and uh, they're really learning the, about the creation process. I, I love how you said, we're done with Google Slides. What's next? Or you, you, you had some kind of a quote yeah. in there. And I, I just started laughing because was it this week that Google Slides now has a recording feature in it where you can do your <laughs> and, and so, you know, even this year, like I, I just started a middle school technology teaching position and you know, just like yourself, like I'm, I'm trying to start with docs and slot, like the basics of the basics. And everyone's like, Oh, I know how to do that stuff. But, but did you know? And they go, oh, I'm going, it's right here. Go do something. I, I, I want to follow up on that question, though. Do you find it? Oh, my goodness. So many different things here. Again, this is coming from the middle school side. You put a microphone in front of a kid. Suddenly, they don't know how to talk. Absolutely. And they don't shut up. Right. Yeah, um, absolutely. How do you handle? I mean, do you give them a script? Do you work on the script? Do you? You know, there's only 45 minutes in a period. Like, how do you get kids to create the product? Uh, well, when there's only 40 minutes, um, it's really, you have to think of it, at least I do, I think of it from an introduction and exposure point, you know, point. So the kids are getting to see the process. They're able to see the materials that we use. So there will be some writing that they will have done before I get into the classroom. And I try to base it on something that they've already done or something they're already learning in school. So maybe it's just they have to recite a fact uh, from something that they have been studying in their classroom. Um, it's just giving them an opportunity to see the entire process. And um, we get some recordings uh, out of that. And then later on, I'll go and do a little bit of the editing. That's usually the part they don't get to see, that, that portion of it. it. It's the part-time job, right? It's the, okay, now we have the all of The other part of my job, right. 
Uh, but Jeff, also just to build on uh, the question that you did ask uh, Steph, you know, a few seconds ago, where, you know, when you're looking at the continuum of what they're learning from skills as they move up through, uh, the foundation definitely starts in the elementary building. And yep. it definitely starts, like, it, it starts really down from the work that we're doing in kindergarten with exposure to iPads and Chromebooks and some very basic BBOT and BlueBot coding. Uh, as, it, as it starts to move up through, the skills, you know, get a little bit deeper, stronger understanding. By the time they hit middle school, they're they're going to be dependent on those skills that they're getting with Steph right now in the you know in grades three, four, and five. So everything seems to stack well off of each other, uh, which is great. The New York State Digital Fluency Standards aligns that way too, where everything's kind of banded and mapped out for us. Uh, it's actually one of the things that I think New York State's gotten right the past five years when it comes to technology use in the classroom. Uh, everything is structured well, so there is a nice sequence. Uh, the work that is happening in the elementary building absolutely sets the foundation uh, and aligns with what's happening in the middle school and high school. Well, help me with that one, because we talk a lot on this show and on my other podcasts about the fact that if you want to move that needle, if you want to create saturation, if you want to you know, change the culture, it has to start at the top. Right. It has to start somewhere. And clearly in your district, if you're going to do a podcast, let's say, and you've got the superintendent and the board on and you're on, like you've got the cabinet people. Yeah. Then people under the ladder there, I don't, that's not the right term, but you get what I'm saying. They're yep. going to go, oh, this is acceptable. This is the way that we're going to start to move. Oh, maybe I can be on the show or maybe I can bring this in or let's get Steph and John to come in and do their, like, Talk to us a little bit about from that cabinet level. How do you create that culture that uh, so, spew down through your coaches? Yeah, so we, I think it started with a goal, right? A district level goal to mm. improve general communication, right? So if, and we have technology goals that we've adopted and, and written as committees uh, that are very clearly structured around the integration and, and improving digital literacy through different avenues. So the goals are in the right place. Uh, we have a leadership team that's very open-minded when it comes to these types of things. Like you just said, our superintendent, our board, our board president, like they're willing to get on the podcast and participate on a monthly basis uh, when their schedules are pretty hectic as it is just serving in the roles that they do have. Uh, we've made it a point to bring all of our building principles on the show and and highlight them and give them an opportunity to speak on a variety of topics uh so that is definitely promoted by him uh and then that's trickled down to staff you know we we've included staff on the podcast and highlighted them and all the way down to the students and uh one of the nicest projects we did that i think really highlighted a podcast concept was we did a esports you know we did an esports uh trailer where we were trying to like a promotional video right uh we're really trying to drum up our esports program and we had it set up like a podcast uh and then that video circulated through the buildings and that was a project that john you know john and i worked on and he worked his you know he did his magic behind the scenes to make it a fantastic thing right uh but so we we've done a nice job of highlighting it making it look having it reflect positively on the district so the buy-in was easy you know from the upper level John, as somebody who's been in audio and video and photography, you got to be beaming at the success of this program. I, yeah, I am. You know, I, I honestly, absolutely love what I do every day. 
you know, I'm, I'm blessed to be in a position where, um, and not everyone can say that, but um, my district allows me to do what I, I'm good at, you know what I mean? And I work with people that support me in that. And um, what I try to bring to the table is to continue to innovate, um, try to lift other people up. Um, but at the same time, uh, one of the things that um, I pride myself in, I know Steph and Nick do as well, is, you know, even if we are a small per se rural district, we'll always try to, you know, think outside the box and be at the front end of things. You know, uh, we were um, one of the first districts um, in upstate New York to fully embrace Minecraft Education Edition when it first came out. Uh, Steph and I work closely together on um, implementing that in the classrooms and stuff like and it's And it's great. And, you know, and uh, Nick rolled out last year, uh, what we call a triple E learning concept, you know, um, and it's all just different ways um, to do things. Uh, Steph, one of the great things that she does, uh, not to segue there, but our fourth grade students learn about my uh, longhouses every year. So once they finish that that unit, Steph brings them in and we have a special longhouse building area in our school Minecraft world where they, you know, get to collaborate and, you know, and build those. And so for me, just being able to to see students, you know, motivated and excited, you know, with those type things are, really made me excited. You know, in addition to our newest uh, pod, our newest podcast, um, Steph and I are working, we work hand in hand with the after school project. So anyway, students sign up for six weeks blocks and this is our third session and we have several students that are repeat um, participants from session one. And what's great about that is from a technical standpoint, that means that their characters will come back. So almost like a soap opera to where we had a bank of characters in, in episode one, some new characters in episode uh, two, but now they're working their way back into the story, which is fantastic. And a lot of these kids, they, you know, they absolutely love this. And this is this is so good, you know, for them. Talking today all about podcasting, bringing these different skills in, making sure that students are meeting not only the curricular standards, we talk about the ISTE standards a lot, the New York State standards for digital learning. I want to ask each of you this question, and I want to do it in a specific order. So I'm going to start with Steph and put her on the spot. But I want to ask everybody the same question. Steph, what do you see as the future of this program through your position? Well, I see the beginning of something very exciting because once the students start to listen to you know, the podcasts that we're creating, the storytelling that's going on, hearing from their peers, uh, the creativity that they are able to put forth, I really think that um, students are going to start to think about learning uh, a little bit differently. I think they're going to uh, have more opportunities for creative thinking and creative learning, and then learning from each other by listening to the this story. It's going to build so much uh, excitement. I think it'll trickle down to the younger kids that I teach. They're listening to these middle school and high school students create this podcast. We're let, letting them listen to these stories now. And to t say to them, 
these stories were created by the middle school kids in our district. And what a wow factor for, for the younger kids to hear that. Oh my goodness, we can do this too. I, I think that's, you know, a huge part of it. I, I love that. And it's that feeder system, right? If I can see it in front of me, I can get there and I can build into that. This is this is the orchestra teacher background coming out, right? If you can see where that ladder is, you can get there. John, I want to ask the same question. From your desk, from your position, what do you see as the future? Um, I agree with, you know, with Seth and a lot of and a lot of what she said. You know, I think that um, one of the neat things is because even though it is middle and high school kids that are participating in producing uh, the Mysteries of Sparrowcrest podcast, um, I've had so many elementary kids come up to me and say, you know, how can we get involved with that? How old do I need to be to be able to, you know, um, to do that? Uh, oh, I can't wait to get in the PACE program or whatever next year. You know, and so it's just in encouraging uh, students um, to believe that they can do something like that. One of my goals, you know, with this whole thing is um, hopefully anyone who takes time um, to listen to any of the episodes, and I think in advance for doing so, it won't really sound to you like what you would think a, uh, a school project would be. You know, we pride ourselves a lot on making this sound as polished and professional, you know, um, as possible. Um, and I want to make um, I make myself available to anyone who does but would like to learn more about how to, you know, bring uh, a similar opportunity uh, to their school. Um, before I forget, if it's okay, Jeff, I'd like to just plug a couple of other softwares that yeah. we use. Yeah. Um, so um, our media club kids and also um, the um, in addition to the podcasting program, Steph and I co-teach a video editing program in that same program. We do the podcasting programs on Wednesdays and video editing is on Thursdays, but we also use WeVideo a lot as well. Uh, and I find that, and I'm a like 20 plus year Adobe Premiere user. I still use it daily, but I find the learning curve for WeVideo and stuff is is excellent. There's a lot of value in there um, for the cost. So I highly recommend that. And also another software that we use is we use Celtics. Uh, Celtics is a Hollywood level uh, screenwriting film production program that even my fifth graders use it, you know, weekly. Um, but it's um, it's fantastic, and we use that too. You know, when these kids uh, record their, you know, when we do the podcast, once they finish brainstorming and and laying out their rough script in Google Docs, we convert that all into Celtic so they get actual scripts and everything. So, um, so I highly recommend both of those platforms. We will make sure that we have links to all the equipment, to all the different software applications as we go through here. Nick, I want to put you on the spot here. I, I'm looking at yeah. your website. And there's a, there's a line on the website that says, your mission is to empower all students to be lifelong learners by providing a nurturing environment in which they are inspired to pursue their dreams and contribute to a global community. I, I couldn't see a better way of doing that by exactly what you guys are working on right now. Giving them a microphone, letting them be creative, giving them the opportunity to have these authentic lessons. So from your point of view, what do you and I'll even say, what does the district see as the future for this program? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, when we had to come out of the C word phase uh, where we had 
so many, so many uh, students become disengaged with school as a whole, right? I think with remote learning, uh, being tied to the building and that sense of community was lost for a while. Uh, and in an attempt to re-engage kids and provide them with an opportunity uh, to feel connected again to the school, because not all not all kids, not all students are athletes. Like, you know, some some kids are they're going to be connected to their sports team. Right. So that's why they're going to want to get back to school. But what about those kids that aren't? They're coming back for clubs. They're coming back for experiences and opportunity. Uh, and this podcasting program with kids provides them with that. It provides them with an exciting opportunity that allows them to take down boundaries from a small community, get their voice heard by you know anyone across the world, which is an amazing experience as a whole. Uh, and I just see it being that platform for us. Uh, so we're you know we're tucked into the upper right hand corner of New York State, but we have the power and capability to reach across the world and providing students with that opportunity. Uh, it really does give us a sense of pride. If anybody's looking to learn more about this, uh, Nick, where can they go to reach out to you and your district? Um, email, whatever, how, what, whatever you're comfortable with. How can somebody reach out to you guys? Yeah, so uh, we have, you know, we're all three of us are on Twitter. That's an easy way uh, to reach out to us as well. Uh, on our district website, there's a technology instructional technology page that has uh, links to some contact information as well. Uh, happy to connect uh, via email. Uh, set up a Google Meet, anything along those lines uh, to start some conversation. Steph, is there any uh, in individual where somebody can reach out to you or, or we just want to leave it as reach out to the oh, district no, side? Ab absolutely. And I, I love the opportunity to collaborate with anyone, to uh, share ideas with people. So uh, absolutely, my email um, which I think you have the contact information for that. I have a Twitter account uh, as well. So any of those, I can Zoom if anyone wants to. John, I, I remember a long time ago in Miami, mm -hmm. you, you were bringing back some, some memories here. That was a very infamous year for me. Um, meeting you in Miami, talking about podcasting. I remember doing that session and talking about all the different equipment and, and, and all the different ways. And, and oh, sorry, we went nerd again for a second there, but I'm so proud of the fact that you are doing, you and your team are doing amazing things in the district for the district around the district. And the fact that you're giving, I mean, I'm seeing pictures here on your website of the students in front of the road caches with the mics and stuff like that. I mean, the opportunities that you're giving your students are amazing and are unlocking unlimited potential and creativity. So congratulations to all of you for putting that on. The only thing I'm going to ask is one last question here is please, when can I get you guys back on to do a follow-up show? I'd love to talk Minecraft. I'd love to deep dive into this, but seriously, thank you guys for coming on the show. Uh, good luck with the rest of the school year. And you know, the microphone here is always on for you guys. Please come back on the show and let's continue the conversation. Well, thank you so much for having us. Thank you, Jeff. That's great. Thank you. If you guys have any questions about anything, please feel free to reach out. This is X Ask the Tech Coach podcast, episode number 253. We have a lot of great episodes coming up. We also have a brand new everything coming up. Don't forget to head on over to teachercast.net to check out our brand new site. Lots of new shows, lots of new blog posts, lots of new freebies and giveaways. And I am excited because after we are finished recording this tonight, I am actually tearing down my entire studio setup. I'm building a brand new recording studio here in the house. And 
look out. Lots of new audio, lots of new video, lots of new tutorials, lots of new webinars. A few years ago, guys, I don't remember, we did a monthly, even a weekly uh, coaches roundtable uh, on Wednesday nights. I'm looking to bring that stuff back. So anything that I can do to help out and reach out and support, please let me know. So I want to say one more time, thank you to, to Stephanie, to Nick, and to John for coming on the show. Thank you, guys. I really appreciated the topic. And that wraps up this episode of the Ask the Tech Coach podcast, episode number 253. On behalf of everybody here on the TeacherCast Network, my name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you guys to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students. You've been listening to Ask the Tech Coach, hosted by Jeff Bradbury of the TeacherCast Educational Network. Please reach out to the show with all of your questions on Twitter at AskTheTechCoach or online at www.askthetechcoach.com. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And please take a moment to write a review in the App Store.